good. I'm going to kind of move over here a little bit. There we go. And so doing something a little bit different this morning. Good to see you. I, I, I feel like, gosh, it's been forever since I've stood up here. And uh, from we've been, uh, last week was a wedding that I was performing. And and then uh, weeks prior to that was my mother's passing. And uh, and so, but it is so good to be back in the, in the house of the Lord and with friends and and those who aren't traveling this weekend for Christmas. Cindy actually was traveling. Uh, every Christmas, uh, we, uh, we, we go get mom, Cindy's mom, and Joe Frieda. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny as, you know, Joe Frieda was, uh, she was like the 15th child. She was the baby in her family. I, think, I guess they just ran out of names. I don't know what happened. I think they just ran out of names. And... Uh, Cindy's dad's name was Elsie Dukes. So um, apparently didn't have a big, su- good supply of names that day either. But, uh, but Joe Frieda is going to be up here, and she'll come out for, she loves the candlelight service that we do on Thursday night, that we'll be doing on Thursday night. But one of the neat things is that um, uh, Cindy's mom, their, their church is Shady Grove Methodist Church. And it's kind of what you imagine. It's a little country church, a little white church in the country. It's kind of neat. And but Cindy's ministering this morning at Shady Grove, so uh, that's uh, that's pretty extraordinary because uh, there's not too many women that will that will preach in that or minister in that church. But she is this morning, so uh, I'm sure that. Uh, uh, her 15 minutes is up. That's about what they, they do there. I remember years ago, I, I preached there and, um, and I told Cindy, cause I went up to the pastor and I said, How, what, what's your normal time? Cause I knew it probably going to be less than what I was used to. And, uh, he said, well, it's about 15 minutes. And I thought, Oh Lord, I thought, I, I don't even get through an introduction in 15 minutes, you know? What am I going to do? And so I told Cindy, I said, baby, I said, you're going to have to help me on this one here, honey, because I, I don't want to go over time. You know, I want to be, I want to be considerate. I want to be respectful. If it's 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes. And, uh, and I said, well, just kind of, I'll, I'll take a look at you and just kind of let me know if I have five minutes left. Just put your hand up five or three minutes or two or one. So I had the plan all worked out, which it would have worked out really well if I had done that. And uh, I got preaching, and then I don't remember anything else. You know, it was a blur. The next 30, 35 minutes was a blur. <laughs> and, man, I'm just, I, I thought, man, this is really good this morning. I'm preaching well. And, and I'm preaching, and something caught my eye off to the side. And Cindy had taken her watch off. And she was just kind of waving it in the air, you know. So, um, so if I get, if I go a little long this morning, just take your watches off and put them up in the air. All right. How many of you are all, you're all finished with your Christmas shopping? Put your hands up. If you are completely done, how many of you still have a little bit to do? Okay. How many of you have not even started yet? I want to see those hands. Come on. 
but we'll see each other at Walmart. All right, about midnight, we'll see each other at Walmart. Hallelujah. I want to talk about an announcement this morning. I, uh, let's see if I can turn this, this on here today. Okay. There we go. See, Jason, hopefully I'll get this right here, buddy. You believe me? Come on, my friend. Oh, I went too far. There we go. Okay. There's something about announcements that, that usually it brings forth a message that's significant. Sometimes a message that is exciting, you know. Sometimes a message that really has a lot of joy connected to it. Uh, like if someone this morning would say, you know, I have an announcement that I'm expecting. I'm expecting a baby, and I'm 14 weeks pregnant right now. And what would you say about that, Bridget? <laughs> Bridget is going to have a baby. <laughs> That's so exciting. See Bridget up here dancing. See her little baby up here beside her dancing. Well, that was a good announcement, wasn't it? Man, a lot of joy connected to that thing. Praise God. You know, maybe an announcement, hey, that I'm graduating from school, and that's really a cool announcement and, and exciting when that happens, you know. And uh, after, you know, squeezing a five-year degree into four years, I was able to say that. And, uh, and then maybe an announcement that we have a job. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so cool, so cool. Or your announcement may have been like what Manuel experienced this week. I have an announcement my house got broken into, and I had all sorts of stuff stolen. But I have another announcement that when the police came over, me and my children prayed together and forgave those who stole from us, and we asked God to bring it all back. And it, within, what, an hour, two hours, they had, they, had, they had caught the person that had robbed his house, and he received all of his stuff back. And then that's my... Praise God. So it's really cool. From Manuel and Jackie and... And they're two little ones, you know, and so uh, excited about that. So, but you know, there there was an amazing announcement that we that we read about here in the book of Luke, and this is sort of the theme of our Christmas. Was Luke chapter two? We know the story that uh, there was a decree that went out, census decree, and Mary and Joseph had to leave from Nazareth to his hometown of Bethlehem. We know all about that. We know that she was at the point of giving birth to the Christ child, and they found a, they found a little place, a stable manger. Christ was born, and, uh, and, the, and the angels decided to make an announcement. 
And I just can imagine, man, how excited they must have been, how thrilled they must have been. This is something that for thousands and thousands of years, they knew it was going to happen, knew it was going to happen sometime, and it did. And I would, I would assume it was Gabriel because he was the one that usually made announcements. So, Rifle, when you make announcements, just think about Gabriel, buddy. He made a lot of announcements too, you know. And he makes this announcement, and he said, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Good news of great joy. I, I, uh, I, I've experienced good news and has brought joy to me. But this was to another extreme, to another place, to another universe of great joy. Great joy. And we all sit here today because we grabbed hold of that good news and we grabbed hold of that great joy. Man, and I tell you, I am so glad. I am so glad this morning. You know, that I can stand before you, that we could be together, and we are sharing in that great joy together. Amen? And being able to, to do that. And so, so I want to talk a little bit about this morning something that I really didn't grow up with at all. I, uh, I, I, uh, we didn't go to church much when I was little. It was kind of like, uh, you know, every, just every once in a while, possibly a Christmas a vacation Bible school type thing. All I knew that vacation Bible school was that you got to do artwork with popsicle sticks. You know, I don't know how many of y'all, man, that was, that was the, that was the cool thing. Glue was everywhere, but man, you made some an amazing art demonstration with popsicle sticks. So I really didn't know much at all. And so much, a lot of the church traditions, um, really didn't know about. And then when I got saved, and shortly thereafter when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, got involved in a charismatic church was, that was, it was, the early charismatic church was great, but it kind of just threw off any tradition. Any tradition at all was not kind of like, well, that's the, you know, the old wineskin. And the thing about it is that traditions are okay. You know, but when you substitute tradition for the life of Christ, then that's when it gets messed up, you know? And one of the traditions that I never observed, never knew about or anything was a thing called Advent. How many of you grew up knowing about Advent? Look, there are probably not very many people in here, all right? So I really didn't know much about Advent. Advent is a, uh, is a word in the Latin. It means the coming or the arrival. So it's about the coming of Christ. It's about Christ coming to this earth. And now, in some, in some places of Advent, it can mean several things. It can mean the coming of the Christ child, which it does. It can mean the coming of Christ into your heart. That's salvation. And then it can also mean, the full scope of it can mean the coming of Christ as victorious king the second time. So all of these things are things that we celebrate. But at Christmas, many churches around celebrate Advent. 
and they celebrate the themes of Advent. Advent is usually celebrated four weeks prior to Christmas and is also celebrated, of course, on Christmas or Christmas Eve or something like that, okay? And it's celebrated in a lot of different ways. And uh, <clears throat> uh, it can be celebrated by a calendar. How many of you grew up with a little Advent calendar and had all the little windows in it and things like that? And it's a surprise every day, the next thing that you're going to see or whatever. And sometimes it's celebrated by candles, Advent candles, that each week prior, one candle is lit, and there's a message or a theme about that. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We don't have four weeks. We kind of blew that part. And uh, <laughs> But we are going to, in the next 15 to 20 minutes, we're going to cover four weeks, okay? All right. So can y'all praying now? You praying now? All right, let's pray now that, that we can do this, all right? But we're going to take each candle. If you, each of the candles, um, typically the candles are purple, which represents... Um, <laughs> it takes a rocket scientist to figure that out. Most of the candles are purple because it represents the majesty uh, of Christ, uh, represents royalty. Um, some places you have what they would call a rose candle. This is the closest I could get to on a rose candle. And then the white candle, which I'll tell you what that represents. And so each time you would come if, and you would light the first candle. Here we go. Now, this first candle means something. This first candle, when you light it, it really is, it's known as the prophecy or it's known as the hope candle. It's known as the prophecy or the hope candle. It speaks of something that's forthcoming, that's going to bring great hope to you and I. I was really so cool this morning. So many of the songs that you, you did spoke about hope. You know, and if there's one thing that Emmy tries to do in all of our lives is that he tries to just little by little steal hope from us through a discouraging moment, through something that didn't fulfill our expectation, whatever it was, but he steals hope from us. And hope is such a powerful, powerful thing, powerful message. And as we come into Christmas, one of the, the eternal messages that is brought to you and I is one of hope. One of hope that, that, that Christ would bring hope to you and I who are broken, who are without hope, who are lost. To those that were found themselves in the bondage of sin. You know, every one of us were there, weren't we? Every one of us were there. And the great thing about it is that God, from the time that man fell in the garden, he began to speak words of hope to you and I. He's coming. He's coming. The Savior is coming. And he's going to right everything. He's going to bring everything back to God's original design. 
And I tell you, when I think about that and I meditate upon that, man, it brings such hope to me that whatever junk I'm going through, whatever difficulties I'm going through, whatever trials I'm going through, that God continually speaks hope to you and I, continually. I love these two passages, both found in Romans. Romans 15.4 says, For whatsoever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of Scriptures we might have hope. There is no way that you can read through this amazing, amazing book here and not walk away feeling like that hope was offered to you. Hope was offered to you. You know, and you may be here today, and it may be that just the busyness of Christmas, feeling like, Lord, I wish I had more money. I wish I could do more. I wish I could do this. Maybe the, the loss of family members in your life, that when you come together, you think about family or whatever. But it just kind of left you kind of empty on the inside. And that happens, doesn't it? It happens especially around a holiday like this, around Christmas. I want to encourage you today that I love this verse from the Lord found also in Romans 15, and it's Romans 15, 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. God's greatest desire for you is to abound in hope. Not just for yourself, but for someone else. I guarantee you today, you will run into someone, somebody that is desperate for hope. Desperately in need of hope. One of my favorite places to be able to just hear from the Lord and give a prophetic word is in restaurants. And uh, especially for those dear waitresses or waiters or whatever that works so very hard. And to be able to just, okay, God, as I go in, give me a word. Give me a word, Daddy, for this. A few weeks back, Cindy and I were out. Had gone to our place, favorite place of Taco Bell. And, uh, no, not really. <clears> had <throat> gone to a restaurant. And uh, as soon as I saw, saw the young lady that was waiting on us, I just knew the Lord had a word for her. And she seemed cheerful, you know. She seemed like she was holding everything together. Very nice, very cordial, or whatever. And uh, she came out, and she was trying to get our order. And I just looked at her, and I said, "You are amazing." And she and she kind of took a. She was a bit embarrassed, really. And it's like, well, I appreciate that. And I said, "No, you you really are." I said, "You are amazing, but you don't think you're amazing right now." I said, you're really struggling in some issues of life, and you just don't feel like that you're amazing at all. But I want to give you hope today. I want to tell you how much God loves you, how much he cares for you, how much he desires to do. What is that? Oh, okay. <laughs> so he, so i just ministering to her, and just as I continue to minister hope, and encouragement to her, she just broke down, just wept right there. I mean, there are people that are struggling so much with the thing is that 
is there any way out? Is there any answer? Whatever. And hope comes through Christ. Love this quote. I probably have shared it many times because I think it's so profound. It says, the Christian hope is the hope which has seen everything and endured everything and has still not despaired because it believes in God. The Christian hope is not hope in, in the human spirit, in human go goodness, or in human endurance, or in human achievement. The Christian hope is the hope in the power of God. I don't want to tell you today, I tell you, just as the angels stood before the shepherds, and they brought forth an amazing announcement of great joy, good news with great joy, and brought such hope to them. I tell you, it still flows today, every day. Every day that you wake up, there's, there's, a, there, there's a fresh baptism of hope for you. There really is a fresh baptism of hope for you. You like this second candle. The second candle of the Advent is called the love candle. It makes sense. There was not another demonstration of God's love quite like him sending his only son for you and I that would not only be an amazing example of one that lived by the kingdom, but an amazing person that would take upon our sin the sin that, that has separated us from God, the sin that, that, that we could never be reconciled except for a, a person that was sinless to be able to take that upon himself, take the punishment that was meant for you and me, you know, the judgment that was meant for you and me. And Jesus took that upon himself. And an amazing demonstration of love, 1 John chapter 4, 9, and 10 says this, In this the love of God was manifested among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. He says, In this is love that we have loved God, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's the amazing thing about God's love. You know, there was not an ounce of true love in my heart for the Lord until he revealed his love to me. And then it just ruined me. It ruined me. And it changed my life. And, it, and it, because he loved me first, I was able to love. Amen? It's really easy to be during this time of the year and we question, we wonder, does my life matter? Is my life worthwhile? You know, I thought the neatest thing about was that when, when, when the angels made the announcement, of all the people they broke the announcement to was shepherds. Really probably some of the lowest class people in their society. You know, if it had been us, if we really wanted to get the announcement and the depth of the and the impact of the announcement out, we probably would have gone to the brightest and best, most influential people in the entire world, and we would have made that announcement. Because we felt like, well, that's the greatest impact. 
God thinks so differently than you and I. Thinks so differently because he values our lives so much. And there's a twofold message when he brings this announcement to the shepherds. There was a twofold love message that was not only for them, but it's for every one of us. And this twofold message is one, that God knows you and you're important to him. Now, just let that sink for a minute. Settle in your heart. God knows you better than anyone else, and you're important to him. Have you ever questioned your importance? We all have, haven't we? We all have questioned our importance. But God has God settled it when he sent Christ. God settled it forever, eternally, that you're, you're worth that you matter to him, that you're important. The second aspect of this love message was that your life matters because God loves you. You ever been through times, difficult times in life where you just wonder, am I, am I doing anything worthwhile? You know, am I making any impact, any difference in life? Does my life even matter? But the thing about it is that the fact, the fact that God loves you and he's demonstrated that love and he's proclaimed that love over and over and over again, it proves the fact that you matter. Your life matters because he's come after you. He was sent for you and me. He rescued every one of us. Love it. Love it. As you like the third candle, different color. This third candle represents joy. The theme of this third candle is that not only that did Christ come and his coming brought to us love, brought to us hope, it brought to us great joy, great joy. God loves it when you're happy. God loves it when you're full of joy. That same passage in Romans 15 that we saw a bit ago said, I made a God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Hope always brings joy. Always brings joy. That's why we love to laugh. That's why we love to rejoice this morning. That's why we love to just dance and shout and all of those things because the joy that God brings into our life. And if you're joyless this morning, I want to tell you, God wants to meet you today. God wants to settle that because he has great hope for you. And in that hope, if you get connected with that hope, there's two little things that come along with that, which is joy and peace. And joy is an amazing thing. Joy is a life-changing thing. And in John 15, 11, I want to turn here real quick, real quick. John 15, 11, I love this passage. Jesus speaks this. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. Listen to his heart. 
Jesus saying, the things that I've spoken to you is for the purpose that my joy should remain in your life. Should remain in you, not to just visit you, but to remain in your life. That every day that there is something that bubbles up on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit that just speaks of joy. Speaks of joy. And he says that so this joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Such a desire of our Father's heart that that what you experience in Him, you experience that hope, you experience that love, you experience that overflowing joy that's in your life. And I tell you, it sure it sure makes things a whole lot better. Really does. Really does. You know, some of it this week, we, we could say, you know, God literally tor- turned my morning into joy. Turned my morning into joy, you know. And so, uh, did you just find out this week that you were pregnant? Yeah. Big secret. <laughs> well, if it, was, if it was still to be a secret, oops. <laughs> Amen. Let me go ahead. We only have a few minutes left here. The fourth Advent candle here. Is an Advent candle that represents peace. It's called the peace candle. I don't know about you, but when Christ came into my heart, man, he calmed everything. He took care of everything, all my worries and cares and fears, and he continues to do that, continues to do that. This kind of represents the the, the ministry of peace from the Lord because he is the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 9, 6, it's for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You know, we could just take a a whole morning and just preach off of that one passage there. That his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, that he never removes his Father heart from any of us. That you are always loved, always cared for, always valued by the heart of God. That he is the prince of peace. I love that. He's the prince of peace. The wonderful thing about it is that people today will spend a lot of money just to feel that they have a little bit of peace. Maybe money and buying things they think will satisfy them. Money and going to counselors and therapists and trying to get over all their their depression and fear and whatever and the beautiful thing about it is that there there is one that gives peace like no other there's one that that when he encounters you and when you encounter him you encounter something that just melts away all the junk that you've been carrying in life. It talks about in Philippians chapter 4, it talks about these things that we worry and we stress about and we are concerned over. 
He talks about uh, bringing those things to, to the Lord through prayer. And it says that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Every one of us sitting here, we have experienced what that feels like. Every one of us. You may be at the point this morning again where you need to have that encounter with God. Because there's never a moment in God that there's a lack, the reservoir of joy, the reservoir of peace, the reservoir of love or hope is ever, ever empty. Never, never, ever. I love this last Bible passage in Ephesians 2, 17, 18. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we have access in one spirit to the Father. When I read this, I think about it. It really doesn't matter where you're at. doesn't matter what you're encountering. doesn't matter how difficult it may be or impossible it may be or stressful it may be or depressing that it may be or whatever. His peace can reach you. Whether you're near or far, his peace can reach you. Amen? Now, there's one last candle. It's always in the middle, and it's called the Christ candle. And it speaks about that what this is all about, really, is the centrality of Christ. And this is usually lit on maybe a Christmas Eve service like we're going to be doing, or if sometimes if, if uh, Christmas happens to be on a Sunday or whatever, you would like that candle also. We'll, we'll light that candle here coming up at our Christmas Eve service. Let me encourage you. Many years ago, we decided to, we really wanted to do something that was a tradition, but it would be very special to all of us. And we began our candlelight services on Christmas Eve. And, and like I said, I didn't really grow up in church, and, and so I'm not a real traditionalist. So I really wasn't sure, is this going to be good or not or whatever. But it's been one of the highlights of our years as we gather together on Christmas Eve and we celebrate the coming of Christ. We celebrate the hope that he brings and the love that he brings, and the joy that he brings, and the peace that he brings. And we celebrate him. We celebrate him, the spotless lamb that took upon my sin and your sin and died for you and I so that we might know the Father. And so I want to encourage you on Thursday night, I don't no matter what the weather is, to come out if you can. Allow this Christmas Eve service become a part of a something very special for your family. And uh, we're going to be singing Christmas carols together. We're going to be doing the whole candlelight thing. And, and RTM's going to share some on Christmas Eve with us. And, uh, yeah, you knew that, right? Okay, cool. I thought we had talked about it. <laughs> I thought we had talked about it. <clears throat> but time of communion, time of communion, 
Buddy, I, I, I didn't realize that your, that your, uh, your time with us would only be one semester. And, uh, <laughs> let's all stand up, okay? <laughs> Let me encourage you today. Yeah. I felt like God uh, put this on my heart this morning. Um, five days ago, December 15th, was six years my...